Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you're listening to this, and you are tuned in to probably the only podcast in America that is not going to Rio to go catch that Zika. Uh, it is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing uh, with uh, your boy A1. You can listen to the show at soundcloud.com slash A1thelp. And if someone who is, you know, inclined technologically can help me get the logo changed like it's a picture of me and i've tried forever to get it changed to the logo of the show um so someone who is you know uh, it inclined can help me out i would greatly appreciate it Uh, but again you can listen to the show at soundcloud.com slash a1 the lp that is all letters so it's a the letter a the letter one the letter the and then the letters lp um, you can follow me on Twitter at same, same thing, twitter.com backslash A1LP, facebook.com slash A1LP. Um, and as always, I'm joined by the homie A Ward. What's good? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Good to be back. Uh, it's been, what, two weeks? Since three. I think it's been three. Weeks. Yeah. So, uh, got Maybe a, lot a month. To talk about. Been an exciting month. So uh, I hope all is going well. Yeah. And where can they follow you? Sorry. Where can they follow you? They can follow me on Instagram at I am a ward, Twitter I am underscore a ward, um, Snapchat award eight six five, I am a ward dot com. Basically, um, type in I am a ward or a ward versus in the Google search engine, and I will pop up. Yeah, I like to call him Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, he he's a big deal here in the city, and also, um, you know, across this country, and pretty soon North America, right, um, you fun, know, the next, you know, the world. So who knows, you know? Podcast game crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we are, as per custom, we are in the MMP Studios, yes. the micro- music microwave podcast studios. And I was thinking with with the homie Trent, come a long way from recording verses. In your apartment in the closet. Oh, Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, first I was of thinking all, about that today of um, a song I never released called Legacy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I do remember. There's a, actually a bunch of songs I still have on my Hilarious. computer. That, and then some did on the one that died. But I, I remember get being that. over there watching uh, the I Just Feel Like Rapping Volume 1 mixtape being recorded. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Boy, let me tell you about that fire that yeah. was on there. <laughs> I was recording. Wow. I felt feeling real like Timberlandish. You know what I'm saying? Getting my recording on. I thought I was making beats back then too. Oh, uh, they didn't use none of them. No. They didn't use not a one. Uh, <laughs> not it a was beat. it was terrible. Uh, but hey, you know what? Uh, that wasn't my spiritual gift. <laughs> and so I'll stick to uh, pushing this record button right here. That's what I'll do. That's what's up. Well, we what's appreciate up. you, man. Definitely. Yep, uh, yep. Week in and week out, you've always been consistent, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no problem. I'm here. Hey. All right, so um, so like I said, we've been off for a few weeks just scheduling difficulties. I mean, I almost, you know, my AC went out right before it got time for me to leave to head out here. Um, so I got to figure out what that's about. Um, um, brother, let me tell you. Uh, I'm sorry. Total side note. I'm gonna stop talking in a minute. Um, but we are definitely in the M and P Studios with uh window units. Uh, because my AC went out. Uh, my central air went out. The uh. If anything, what you don't want to hear is that there's a leak in your coil or your coil is messed up. That's what you don't want to hear. That's what happened to me last time that happened was the coil was so messed up. We need some information. Two of my best friends do heating and air. So, Bro, yeah. Like, no, yeah. I might need the information. Listen, like, okay. Is it a side hustle or is Ryan it? Ryan owns the company. Okay, right, so let me, t- let, me, let me tell you this. <clears throat> I got a buddy. 
I'm I'm gonna say Harding I got a heating buddy. And air. Let me plug that Harding Heating and Air. There okay, yeah, go do that plug. Uh, they need to send me some money for that. Uh, but I got a buddy who works for a prominent heating and cooling company. Um, and so I was like, oh, I got the hookup. My buddy works for these people. Boom. Every year since I've had this house, something is wrong with my unit. Hilarious. And so I'm like, what the heck is going on? The, and so this is five years straight. So in year four, I go to my buddy. I was like, man, another friend, just a good guy I know. And I was like, man, this stuff has been jacking up. I got my dude come out here and do it all the time. He was like, oh, you got so-and-so coming out? He's like, yeah. Yeah, he don't know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, he worked for the company, but he jacked up my, my dad's entire system. Oh, and my dad had to give him words. Is it Bob Hamilton? And, and so... <laughs> and so you shouldn't use this man at all. I was like, but I've known him from our well, since we were kids. He went to school. I, I seen him like he got a job. His we face is on the shop class together. His face is on the side of the truck. Like what is happening? Like they don't just put everybody face on the truck. Uh, he got to know something. So I don't know. But my oh, AC is totally boy. done anyway. That's crazy, but um, like you said, we've been out for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't hit on everything that happened in the last couple, last few weeks, you know, because time has passed. Right. But you know, um, we'll hit a few topics uh, from the past, and we'll move forward to the events of today. Uh, so first up on the docket, um, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, Awar had a battle with his toughest opponent to date, Saint Mike. Yes. Um, if you were not in the building, uh, you missed a definitely an instant classic. Yes. Um, it has since been released. Go to YouTube, search the Connects, right? Yes. At YouTube, yep. and um, you'll see it. It's at 10,000 views right yep. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm telling you, if you enjoy rap, or if you're a battle rap fan, like, go check that out. That mug is crazy. Thank you. Thank Listen, you. I don't even like a word like that, and <laughs> I've watched this battle <laughs> at least 20 times. No exaggeration. It's just that good. The content is there, and... It makes you wonder, like, who really won the battle. That's a, it's a, hit. Yeah, it's a it classic. It is a debatable. Yeah. It is a good, good. And I'm talking about a game brought. Yeah. Just pay attention to the second round. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, and like I've seen some people like comment. You know, to me, in my opinion, there's no three O's. No, no. There's no three O's. If Absolutely you're three, not. if you're saying it's a three O, either way, you're incredibly biased. Right. Or you just don't know how to judge battle rap, or you just. Yeah. 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 Like you said incredibly biased. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it is crazy. It was a crazy battle, and I realized something. Watching the back, because when I watched it, you know, I had Mike winning 2-1. Yeah, I had um, that in the building, actually. I mean, not, 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 I was obviously biased, and I thought, well, this is a debatable battle. I would have never, but I thought, man, you know what? He might have got me 2-1 in the building. But then when I saw it on camera, like the first time I saw it on camera before it ever released, I got so excited because I was like, I watched it on camera, and I was like, oh, this is so much more in my favor on camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I had it two one in in the thing, and when I watched it back, I realized like that I am so incredibly critical of you as an MC in this in this because like I remember like watching it watching it back, your whole first round I sit there stone faced like that's light. that is <laughs> like that's light. like that's I that's cool, and then like I'm reacting to all of Mike's bars <laughs> right. in the first round, I'm like yo, so in the second round, like uh, Trent said, the second round was crazy. So, like, when the first punch they hit, like, I'm clapping, like, let's go. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we do. That's my boy. That's what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm getting hype. I'm getting hype. And I'm like, but 
But when I went back and listened to it, I'm like, yo, I'm like being super uber critical. <laughs> and it's because I know how gifted you are. And I right. and in the comments, you know, to with to, to you and like, Mike, I said, yo, like you see where like the natural talent to put words together. Um, like I, I reference his consumer relations scheme yes, around two. Yeah. Um oh. the the Nebraska backwards. Yeah. Which is like again, like what? Like I like, never who does, who does that? Of that. Yeah. Like nobody does that. Yeah, so um, I mean, you know, so kudos to y'all. I think it's also a testament to like the like, podcast that we had before the battle. Like you told people, you said, like come to this event. Like I've seen them on, you know, on camera, on camera, and then I've been to the events and like the feel that you get. And like if you can imagine how great of a battle this is to watch on cam. Like Trent, he wasn't there, but he watched it twenty times and he's like hyped yeah, about it. Yeah, like in person, like in the yeah. battles that led up to that, like the battle before and like some of those other battles, like, oh my gosh, man, yeah. these events are becoming very fun to go to and they're no longer becoming like, okay, I got to pay $10 to see my friend battle and stand here for three hours, you know, until he battles, you know, it's, it was it's a, actually yeah. becoming a very well-rounded culture in Kansas City, which is exciting. Yeah, and that, that was the best event, mm -hmm. like from top to bottom, all the battles were pretty, were pretty dope. Mm -hmm. Um, you either have clear winners in some, or you have some where it, it was like like your yeah. battle, where it's just back and forth, and it just punch at the punch, yeah. and you just in there like, yo, yeah. like yeah. this is as crazy. A, yeah, as a fan, you just enjoying. At that point, you're enjoying. Right. I will say this as well. I'm kind of with a one. Like I, there's certain times, like whether it's in battles or just at events in around that a war does around the city, that I'm like super critical of like what he does because i've like at this point i think i've known i think i've known a war for coming up on 10 years now yeah it's so like i know this guy like from like from you know can mm -hmm. uh what did the, the first album i did yeah. his release party award goes to Ridge the, back the oh jeez, man anyway yeah. but and so like i know like that he is like gifted he's not as good as me you know with the <laughs> pen but he's pretty dope yeah. and so it, it is hard to the judge when you come from that i think lens. it is i think I, and that's one of the things that people didn't understand is when i stepped into it i thought man i've written so many dope punchlines, and i don't mean to say that like you know as like a, a pride thing but like with all of the spoken word joints that i've done over the last five or seven years and like i've you know used so many crazy punchlines and this that and the other and it's like some of the stuff doesn't impress me as much as you know what Noah looked off the ark and saw. That's you know, that's the same. Like, listen, no lie, I was just about to say like <laughs> if there's a way for you to recycle that bar, right. I want you to do it. Like, like if you can recycle <laughs> that bar, that may be the craziest bar I have ever heard. And so, um, so yeah, even in my own like energy and 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 and. Uh, Performance is what I put into the battles. You know, I got to really buy into to all of the new content. But, like, the viewers that don't know me that well are like, oh, my gosh, this dude is spazzing. Like, he's going nuts, you know. And to me, it's just like another Soul Sessions or another, you know, City of Truth or something like, you know, another performance that I would just right, go right. in there and just, you know. But, yeah, thank you, man. I don't, I don't want to spend the whole time on this podcast talking about me. Um, but thank you guys for, for the support and for, you know, showing up, showing out. And I'm sure Trent will be at the next one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be at the next one. Nah, uh, listen, he's gonna, he's gonna run my merch table. He got to. Hey, yeah. I will be there. Hey, but listen, uh, y'all need y'all do definitely need to change the subject because if it was up to me, I I got 
hours and hours uh, on this battle. <laughs> like I'll break it well, down first Saint Mike round by round. Shout out to St. Mike. St. Mike was a beast, and he didn't have to take me that serious. I think that he respected my pen and knew that if he didn't take me that serious, it would have looked ugly on cam for him, which is great. But, I mean, we paid him to come out. He has a pretty good name, and he did his homework. And, like, after, immediately after the battle, I shook his hand and said thank you. Like, it's a huge compliment to take me that serious. And I bought his CD, and that dude can flat out rap. Oh, my gosh, he's been in my CD player for two weeks right now. And, like, music-wise, I mean, the dude is just a talented, talented writer. Yeah. Um, it just sucks that he's from Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, so anyway, but um, speaking of that, um, he has, like, this alliteration oh, yeah. on his Facebook page. I think it's uh, – is it St. Mike or Michael Pointer? I forget which one it yeah, is. Yeah, St. Mike Pointer, I think, is his Facebook. So, yeah, so if you go look it up on Facebook, he's got – you have to scroll a little bit because I think it's been about a week or so. Yeah. But he's got this ridiculous alliteration. Jeez. And it's not, like, a bunch of, like, filler either. No, it's, it's like – every word starts it's, with <laughs> – It starts with D, and it's, like, about – about three minutes long, right? Yeah. And it and it's and it actually makes sense. It makes like, sense. It, it, it does. It tells a story that I and it's like convicting too. I'm yeah, like, like oh. I had to I had to run it back a few times just so I could catch. And I probably still haven't caught everything. So mm-hmm. definitely shout out to Saint Mike. I tried to tell you tell those who if you heard the podcast before the before the battle, I'm like, yo, I've seen this dude yeah. battle. He Chess, is Anubis, crazy. Yeah. And as you talked about his angle, like his yeah. angle, the way he came at you was. It, it was a really dope angle, and I respect yeah, the fact that he didn't use a bunch of gun bars. No, like he, he didn't sure use didn't. a bunch of, you know, I'm gonna pull my ratchet out and put it no, to your didn't. dome, and blah 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 blah. Like he didn't do that. Like he came at you from a dope angle. It was a crazy battle. Like yeah. I said, go to go to YouTube.com, search the connects, watch the battle. All right, just put A Ward versus yeah. Saint Mike M I C. You'll find it. It's and crazy. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. I promise. The Bible got more bodies on it than maybe dirty pistol. Boy, me. listen. Man. If if I didn't go, if I didn't go into my prayer closet right there, I said, "Lord Jesus." Yeah. Okay. So here's another thing too. We are gonna move on from yep. that. So like because it was held in KC, I said I think after the battle, that I wish this battle would have been held somewhere else where so many of your supporters could not come. Right. Um, because I knew the knew the pin game was gonna be crazy between the both of y'all. And two, like if this is where you got to be there, like you, it doesn't translate on camera. But as Mike is delivering these punches, the crowd is grown. Like there's oohs and ahs, but there's a section of the crowd's going ooh mm-hmm. because like it's like watching, it's like watching your favorite athlete, you know, compete. Yeah. And so you're you're hearing this guy, you know, he's delivering dope stuff. Right, right. You know, he's hitting where it hurts, and just like. Ooh. Like I don't want to acknowledge that you just hurt me yes. right now. Yes, because so, that's my boy. Right, but that was fire. Yeah, and like um, one guy was like, "Yo, I don't like this dude, man. <laughs> I don't like this dude. I ain't gonna say who it was. I don't like this dude. He just kept saying that to me." But you know what I'm saying? So that's why you got to be there in person uh, to check out these battles. So shout out to the connects. Yeah, well, it also weighs itself out because you got the haters like Shock, who I've never won a battle <laughs> at all in Shock's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but, yo, what's up next on the battle scene for mm-hmm. you? Uh, so, next month, um, I have two battles next month. One is a concept battle in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on August 19th. Um, it's at a league called Slap Battles. Basically, they're a Christian-run battle league, and I play the concept of giving up. I'll be battling a, a guy that plays the concept of holding on, um, and that'll just be a short battle, 90-second um, rounds, but it should be something to kind of stretch the creativity a little bit. And then after that, uh, World Domination 6, King of the Dot. Um, day 3 is their, I guess it's considered tryout battles. I really don't, um, 
I think they try to stay away from the word tryout because they make it, it kind of gives you the feel like you're not good enough or whatever. But it's, it's called GZ, Ground Zero Battles. Um, and it's just kind of like where you start in your uh, career with that particular league. So it's a huge look. So Toronto, Canada, August 28th. And then back here um, in December for Crucial Conflict 2, which will be the year from the FMAG battle. So I battled FMAG at Crucial Conflict 1. In December will be Crucial Conflict 2. So that's really what I have lined up so far. I anticipate um, possibly battling in Vegas the first week of November. That's been offered to me um, with pay and flight. And so I thought to myself, <laughs> what a better city to go to <laughs> um, in, in, the, in the winter than to Vegas. So. Note to self, check PTO. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Okay. What's crazy, it comes like two weeks right after another very important trip of mine. So it's like... <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so that's that's dope. That's what's up. So, do you have any opponents scheduled for any of those battles? Yeah, the one in Toronto is against um, uh, doing a franchise. Um, you can look him up. Franchise versus Tez is probably the best one to look up. Um, the one in Vegas will be against a guy named Prophecy, um, which he is a smack rapper. He's a white guy um, and pretty pretty different. Um, a very very slow delivery. Um, so his his punches have to be very impactful because of how slow it comes out. Um, and then December, I'm looking to bring in either T-Top, uh, JC, or Cortez. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Let's get it. So. Oh, yeah. All right, cool, cool. So we're going to move on uh, into uh, <laughs> to the real sports. <laughs> well, you know, you can. Um, it's yeah. funny because WWE, you know, it's obviously there's more physicality involved in what they do, but um, the battle rap has a sports feel to it. So there are definitely sports analogies. But um, so I want to jump into some things that I learned over the last few weeks, and I want to start with one that um, is near and dear to A Ward's heart, um, being from Tennessee, um, being from Knoxville, um, the legend. Uh, the one of the greatest coaches of all time, uh, Pat Summit, passed away yep. um, after a long battle with dementia. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, and so, um, you know, I just wanted to take the time to just say my condolences. Obviously, the funeral and the services have been had. But, um, you know, a quick story time for me. So I'm from Louisiana. Um, you know, I'm, I grew up about 45 minutes from a place called Ruston, Louisiana, which is home to Louisiana Tech. Mm -hmm. Oh, big rivalry. Yeah, so back in the day, back in the late 80s, Leon Barmore and the Lady Texters, they win a national championship. Um, I think it was 1988, 87, 88, somewhere in there. And then right after that, Pat Summit in Tennessee uh, then take over the college women's yeah. basketball landscape and just begin to dominate. Um, I mean, you know some of the names, like oh, Candace yeah. Parker, Shamika Hose, Claude oh, Tamika yeah. Catchings. Elmore Siniak, Shamika uh, Randall. It, yeah. yeah, the list goes oh, yeah. on and on and on, um, you know. Uh, one more quick side note. One of the last times I ever cried over sports, 1993, Louisiana Tech, Lady Texas, International Championship game against North Carolina, Charlotte Smith, free throw line extended jumper to win the national championship game at the buzzer. Sixth grader went outside of my balcony and Hilarious. shed a few tears. Um, That's awesome. I didn't know that story. That yeah, awesome. yeah. So one of the last other time was the Cubs in 03, uh, Bartman. But. You know, um, but again, you know. This is um, why we cover WNBA basketball here on <laughs> It's a Black and White Thing. Which we will. We will get into that into the, later on the show. Um, so, but once again, you know, one of the greats of the game uh, will definitely be missed. Yes. Uh, rest in peace, Pat Summit. Um, you know, and she would definitely be missed. And I wish she could have 
stuck around and, and continued to coach and kept that legacy going. But yeah, just I, and I think that she's just held in the highest regard from everybody. That I mean, you know, it's it, one of those coaches that that nobody has a bad thing to say about. You know, uh, even Gino with the rivalry that they had and the little disputes they had about scheduling the last few years, she was there. But I mean, this the somebody that did it the right way that was um, that was there for 30 plus years that built a program from the ground up. Um, and we just don't have many more of those in any sports anymore just because of the instant you got to win now mentality in all, all aspects of coaches jumping ship and, and coordinators jumping ship. Um, so to kind of see one of the last um, uh, coaches like that in, in her career uh, come to that close and then her passing, it was just uh, it was just awesome to be a part of. Being from Knoxville is awesome to, I mean, you know, interact with – probably met her five or six times, you know, got a few autographs, but just to kind of just um, look back on everything that she did as far as boys and girls club days when I was growing up or the rec centers that she'd visit or the basketball camps or um, just it, just all of that, you know, um, it, it's just kind of cool to see. So definitely uh, rest well. Yep. Cool, cool. So, so, so okay. it's just her and Coach Calipari, right? Yeah, Calipari is probably one of the, the – the last ones left. You're talking about that. Oh, Calipari. Oh, who? What are you? No, I was uh, Coach Calipari, John Calipari. Oh, from, you're silly. Yeah. Are you trying to say about building programs from the ground up? Yeah. You're funny. That's <laughs> hilarious. I was thinking. Hilarious. I was thinking Coach uh, Coach K at Duke was what you're talking about. But no, 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 no Calipari and his bought NBA teams. Yeah. That he <laughs> Go All rock right. rock chalk Jayhawk. I'm sorry. Just had to get. That so out. moving on. Moving on. Uh, Rock chalk. What I learned this week is that sometimes uh, this is that's a, a great segue. Uh, what I learned this week is that sometimes your friends can have poor taste. Yes. Um, you know, so we had a discussion in our group. Yeah, you set that up very nicely. Yeah, that was great. We had a discussion in our group, and the homie Reese is not a fan of Beyonce. Which, I mean, also, I mean, I didn't know we were talking about this. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a. He's not a fan of either. Yeah, I don't. So, think, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't consider myself. He's not a fan of Beyonce for several reasons. The main one is that she is not R&B. First of all, he's wrong. Like, so what I will say about Beyonce's discography is her first four albums were okay. She just had really huge singles. Mm-hmm. But her last two albums, the self-titled joint and this new Lemonade joint, are fire. Like, joints are crazy. And I haven't heard Lemonade. I've only heard Lemonade once all the way through um, with my wife on our anniversary. But the joint was dope. Right. Joint's fire. Um, and so we also got into this argument about um, is she R&B? And I said that she is. She makes mostly R&B music. Really, she makes all types of music. I mean, her last two albums have been a mix of hip-hop, R&B, pop, is country. She? she makes R&B music, but because of who she is, because of her name recognition, she slides into pop. So I'll give you an example. Katy Perry did um, the joint with Juicy J. Uh, um, the, uh, nah, nah, nah. Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse, right? right? Dark Horse is trap. But that song was all over pop radio because of who Katy Perry is in the lane that she rides in. Beyonce, look at her. Flawless. Um, you look okay. at, I'm trying to think some of the joints from her last album. Um, the Watermelon Joint with her and Jay-Z together. Um, I mean, not not only On the Run, which is an R&B joint. Um, gosh, I got to pull up a discography. I can't think of the name of the song. Um, That's what age will do to you. I, that is what age will do to you. Because actually, me and my wife are having this discussion. And I was like breaking down. We were breaking down her discography. My wife disagrees with me, but I don't care. You know what? I think that when I think of her, I think more poppy stuff. I think just because uh, I think maybe because of the crossover value. And but that, but it, I, but that's when what I'm I think, saying. but when I think of Destiny's Child, 
I think more R and B. But but I think drunk when in I th- love, duh. But when I think, oh yeah, yeah. But when I, uh, but when, but her by herself, yeah, I de- automatically go to pop. Yeah, I mean, flawless is a is a is a hip hop trap joint. Uh, drunk in love. Um, you look at some of her hits, love on top. Like that's an R and B joint. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. So she makes mostly R&B music, but she just crosses over because of who she is. So again, sometimes your friend has poor taste, and they can be wrong about if Beyonce is pop or she's R&B. I get she doesn't make, you know, you know the R&B that we grew up on that we're used to, uh, but times change. I mean, times change. Not like Bryson Tiller, um, who has a, I think he went platinum with his joint. Really? Yeah, he went platinum. His album Jeez. went platinum. Trap Soul, which okay. is a mixture of R&B and hip hop, but it's considered R&B. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. Like, really, R&B in terms of what we know is change and evolve so much is not the same anymore. I guess him and uh, what's the guy, Tory Lanez? They, Tory Lanez is another one. They kind of like changing that that type of landscape to try to like mix. The I mean, two you can together. really give that. I mean, guys like PM Don and stuff like that. But you can really credit that Kanye really is the father of that. If you look at 808s and Heartbreaks, I mean, I, people are gonna say you're Kanye stand, but there is no Drake without Kanye. Uh, with him pioneering that sound mm-hmm. um it it brought ushered in a whole bunch of cats who just followed in that lane so but anyway who, who was responsible for a designer though so we were talking about <laughs> yo hold up hold up First though off, hold up responsible that timmy for timmy that turner is joint hey, is i lie. i just listened to it today yeah, that joint i is just fire. listened to it today yeah, man. and i and as much as we joked about that joint and his delivery, whatever, is crazy. And that beat, that oh beat, my god, but that. that mug is crazy, yo. So I actually told A Ward, I said, you need to come up with a meme using Pokemon that shows future evolving into designer. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Because that, I mean, like it was, it was a bit, it was a little bit of future, but it's a little bit of Young Thug and how he uses his voice. Young Thug uses his voice as an instrument onto itself, right, on top of the music. And so it was a little bit of that as well. So. Yeah, that Timmy Timmy. And I know people gon' gonna disagree with me. He you can't understand what he's saying. Not the joint fire, man. Like straight up. Like, look, I go to rap genius and look at the lyrics and figure out what he's saying exactly. later. But what he I mean, the joint it goes. But anyway. Only said, podcast in the world that goes from Pat Summit to Designer. Uh, <laughs> shout that one out. I'm I'm pretty sure he said something about peanut butter and jelly in there somewhere. That's something, all I know. Something. That's I all know. I know. I but the mug was fire. I know the beginning of what he said. You I know, honestly Timmy, Timmy, clicked Timmy on it to like laugh and then end up listening to it like four times. Right. I, yeah, I ran it back. I did too. Yeah. Like, Jones I was fine. just, all right, but. Hey. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. Poor um, taste. Man. So, and some some I consider this poor taste. So, uh, month, last month, Euro Cup, Copa America happened. USA got destroyed by Argentina in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, now, I only time I really get into soccer is when America plays, but I could care, I couldn't have cared less about, about the USA. But I was fascinated by Copa, um, not by Copa America, by Euro Cup. Like I was at work, like mad because I'm 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 at work and I can't watch the games on my phone. I could have, but you know, obviously I can't right, watch right. the games on my phone. Um, but watching Portugal play against France, um, it was to me. I know the commentator said it wasn't a great match, but to me, I found it interesting. Ronaldo gets hurt, sprains his MCL. France had opportunity after opportunity to score, they couldn't, and then in extra time. Uh, Portland scores. The guy who comes in and replaces Ronaldo, I believe, scores the winning goal. Great drama to me. And them dudes from France was heated, bro. Like, so at the end of the match, you go up, you get your medals, your second place medals. Some they were trying to put them on dudes, on dudes' shoulders and stuff, draping around their heads. They were like, Nah, bro, give me this. Like, I don't even want to put this around my neck. Some of them they got around their neck, they snatch it off before they got off the stage. 
crazy. I don't understand why with the with the success that the men's team has had in the World Cup and with the success of the MLS, especially in getting some of these European players over, why I can't get into soccer. But if you make it some European, some African teams, I'm all in. <laughs> Listen, I, I I think the success of sport in Kansas City kind of get it. They, they, they're on, they're not, you know, doing that well this year. But if you go to a Sporting Kansas City game, like the people that are into it are into it, and that's interesting to me. So I went, I took my wife, and we've been to a couple games, and it's fun just because I can watch other people react. Right. And, and, and when they score a goal, like the whole place goes crazy. But there's so many things, the nuances of the sport that I just don't understand. Yeah. And so people be like, oh, and I said, I don't know why that's bad. I don't know what happened. The guy just fell down by himself. I don't know what's happening right now. I saw, I think I might have gotten close to understanding offside. That okay. I, yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, that's probably the only one I do understand. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't 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 understand that. But you know what? There's Your... actually there's actually stuff about there's there's confession time. There's things about sports that I actually know about. There's some rules that I don't un- quite understand. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there right now. I don't fully understand the pop fly rule in baseball. Infield fly. Yeah, the infield fly. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't quite understand. That I've only rule. seen it like twice, so I can't explain it either. Basically, it just protects the. I mean, if you have somebody on first and second, obviously there's a pop fly in the infield. Instead of tagging up, you know, you could just let the pop fly drop. Uh, an infielder could just let it drop, and then do a quick double play because these guys have to stay on their base because if he catches yeah, it catches and they're it. off the base, right. then you can get them tagged up. So it prevents the ability for somebody to kind of act like they're about to catch it and then just let it drop, and then all of a sudden they have to run to bases because somebody's on his way to first. And so mm-hmm. automatically, if it's an infield fly, it's understood if he catches it or not, it's an out oh. to protect the, the run. How about that? Oh. So, and then offsides is that you're Because I didn't understand because somebody dropped the it didn't, somebody didn't catch it and it was still out. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't yeah, understand. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because, like, you know, basically you see something that's popped up in the in the field of play and the pitcher and the catcher are kind of looking at each other, you know, or something like that. And then it drops and then you got a man on first and second and you throw it to third real quick. You throw it to second real quick, you know, so. Interesting. And then offsides is your, your forward or your the guy that's going towards the goal can't be behind the last line of defense for the right, opposing before team. Before the pass. Before the pass. Right. So if he so you can't it. be cherry picking. You ever heard of the term cherry picking in basketball? You can't right, do right, that right. in soccer. If you're behind the last line of defense, no matter what, if the ball gets kicked to you, you nothing counts. That's the only way I score points in basketball. It's cherry picking. <laughs> it's cherry picking. <laughs> or or if, a, uh, like, I'm that guy who doesn't score any points all game, and then but hits the game winner. Hits the game winner. And it like, banks in. Yeah, and then and I it, then I run around like I I was really doing something. Hilarious. Wow. Yeah, so like I said, you know, can't get into American soccer. Yeah, but, me neither. Um, I can't. I can't either. It's like hockey. I think Trent made a good um, but point is just, you know, I kind of more enjoy watching fans watch it than I do watching it, period. Um, but, yeah, I just – I can't either, man. I can't. No contact. Very little scoring, um, and just not it's, – it's difficult to follow because I love baseball. Baseball's no contact and, and very little scoring, but there seems to be, you know, more of a strategic element that you can follow in baseball than in soccer or hockey where they're well, just so, – So is the Chiefs-Raiders game. Mm, but Little scoring. 
no contact. Hilarious. I will say this, though. I do find it interesting in soccer how these guys with the ball just kicking it can outrun defenders. Yeah, it's crazy. I marvel at their ability to do that. I'm just like, wait, you don't have to control the ball, bro. Why can't you catch it? But anyway, like I said, Euro Cup, fascinated. Uh, Was rooting for France. They got a kid whose name escapes him now who was – Killer. He kind of did a little bit of uh, a Millie Rock when he scored a. He did like the French version of a Millie Rock when he scored a goal. Uh-huh. So that was interesting. Um, so yeah. So you know. But anyway, moving on. So this next part, if you have young kids, I want them. I want you to listen to this. So have young adults. I want you to to play this part of the podcast, right? So Fourth um, of July, we my, took my family to Jackson County's uh, fireworks display. That they have. Um, they had the group called the Romantics. Their song, hit song, is What I Like About You. What I like about you. What I like about you. <laughs> right? So they're performing that song. It's the end of their set. Me and my wife and my son are down uh, by the barricades. Um, and the guy, lead singer, goes, yo, I want people on stage. So people start getting on stage. And he's too little. we're at the end, end of the steel little barricade. And some little girls run by. And my wife goes, look, Ethan. Ethan's my son. The little girls are running towards the stage. He hops. I mean, I was holding him because he was eating some sherbet. Um, and with him being so active, I was it was worth it holding him than yeah. chasing him. <laughs> um, he wriggles out of my arms incredibly quick and takes off. And I'm shocked. Like, I don't know. Like, dude, what are you doing? Um, I chase him. I catch him right as he gets to the front of the stage. I'm trying to pull him back. He's pulling forward. Like, no, I want to go. So I went, okay, what the heck, right? So I put him on stage. Um, and he's at the very front of the stage. I stood close because he's at the edge of it. People are jumping around just in case they knocked him off. I could catch him. Right. Um, and so, like, you know, like, in that moment, like, he shows no fear. And, like, and, and as little kids, a lot of kids do this, right? So it's not like my son is unique. But it was in that moment, it was like, yo, like, he was not afraid to just go out and just do this. But consequences be darned. Like, whatever happens, happens. And so, so much in life, like, using myself as an example, I knew I wanted to work in sports. Mm. Um, it's part of the reason why I do this podcast. It's I'm passionate about it. If I could get paid well to do this every day, like I would love that, but I still wouldn't consider it as work. It would just be something that I get up every day and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like for young people, you have your entire life ahead of you. Find out what you're passionate about and chase it. So, a quick confession for myself: I cried my first day of community college because I was so afraid of stepping out and becoming an adult. I'm opening myself up to slander. I understand this. This this uh, show has been brought to you by crying during um, <laughs> women's basketball games, crying on your first day of community college. You know what? I, what I think it is, it, it's not so much just A1. It's just any grown man who feels the need to wear flip-flops in yeah. the summer. Thong sandals. Like, thong sandals. Like, I, I will think, not apologize. I think, I think those are the type of people that, that – you know, tear cry. ducts are a little bit bigger. Every yeah, time you wear the, the I would not, I would not apologize. Ducks, uh, like, I understand. It's okay. It's 105 outside right now. <laughs> <laughs> My feet are free. <laughs> it's okay. But I'm not, no, it's judgment free, though. That's a good parallel, though. That's but yeah, but parallel. I mean, you know, like, like, don't be afraid. Like, I think, um, I think Bomani Jones retweeted, I forget who the quote was attributed to, but the, it said, there's no dishonor in failure. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't be afraid. Like, go out there. If you have something you're passionate about, um, chase it. And I'll use another example. Sometimes, so I use Kanye, right? Kanye wanted to rap, but nobody wanted to hear him rap at that moment. So what did he do? He loved the industry so much, he started making beats. His beats made room for him to get in front of people to rap. He got a deal. But he, his heart was also in the fashion. Now, whether you like or, or hate his fashion, that's a whole other discussion. 
But what I'm saying is, is that he had passions. He was willing to chase them, but because he couldn't get them fulfilled in the instance, it wasn't the end of his dream. He just said, I have to go at it a different way. Um, and I think also so, so many times in life is we, we, okay, we go out there, we show no fear, it fails, and we go, well, that was stupid. And we never try again. Like, no, failure, there's no dishonor in failure. And if you screw up, get up and keep going. I think that's why uh, more and more people are having, quote, unquote, uh, midlife crises because crises, crises? Either way. Either crises, way. Uh, anyway, uh, because they, they'll realize they, they look up, they're 40, 50 years old, and then they realize, dang, I didn't chase those dreams that I that I wanted to chase. I, you know, was afraid to do whatever. And I don't know if it would have would have been successful or it would have been a failure. But the fact that I didn't do it now bugs me. And yep. now I think it's too late to do it, something about it. Yep. So I think that that's very, um, you know, very uh, timely. Especially yeah. for, you know, I just, my birthday was yesterday. I just turned 31. And I'm at the point now, I was like, hey, Trey, you better get it together now because you ain't got too much. You know, your 20s done came and get left. Don't let your 30s leave and you yeah. still, you know, doing the same thing. I think it's also important to remember that it is never too late, you know, because a lot of times I've suckered myself into um, <clears throat> convincing myself that, oh, we well, are too old or too old now. That that was something that you should have decided to do when you were 18 or 19. Even battle rapping, in a sense, I started battle rapping when I was 30. Um, I mean, most most of these guys out here are 20, 21, 22, 23, you know, and there's a lot of pressure on me to still feel like I need to I need to be eight years better than them, um, right. you know. Um, so you never know uh, what will catch fire or what if you, if you pursue something that you're passionate about and good at, you know, how, how quickly God will turn that into um, – something that is like a vital part of your life so also uh am i just now finding out that a ward is 30 definitely thought it was like maybe four or five years younger <laughs> i'll be 31 in december man i'm right behind so we, you we definitely the same age yep. okay yep. 1985 and you just building. got three more kids uh, <laughs> 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 all right touche which I'm, was, a, I'm a little jealous about but we'll, we'll talk to <laughs> That was like finding out Stephen Darnell was 31. I was. Just I like, could not believe I'm that. Like, bro, you married? Like, yeah. you married? Like, you're 31 and you're married. Like, I thought the dude was like 23. I thought 24. he was too. I yeah. ain't not realize yeah, he was that Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I, I found that out. But I was surprised when I found that out too. Yeah. Yeah, his wife and uh, his daughter have been to the house and we chopped it up. But like, he yeah. got a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Dude is yeah. grown up. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I've he, known him for three or four years, but I, like I said, I thought he was 26. See, I'm just now getting introduced to him. Just met him. Just heard, just heard him perform for the first shout time. Shout out to the, shout out to the artist, formerly known as Flash. Formerly known as Flash. Yeah. Just listened to him perform for the first time. Went and got his mixtape. Um, I haven't got it on my phone yet because I'm having connectivity issues, but, you know, I'm going to get to it at some point. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got an album I need to purchase still. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. But, yeah, but so – um, you got anything? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, well, what are we looking forward to? What are we looking? I mean, fantasy football is on its way here. Yeah, yep, we're gonna have the definitely. fantasy football episodes of uh, NFL season preview. Yeah. Um, I'm ready for college football to Gosh, start. Gosh, I'm ready for college football to start. Um, I just uh, uh, been looking at tickets today to Tennessee, Florida, and just man, I'm. I'm trying not every day. There's another article that talks about how good we're supposed to be, and I'm just trying not to buy into any of it. You, supposed to be the year, man. You know who uh, doesn't have that problem? Missouri, Kansas, KU football, fans, football. K, yeah. KU football. So 
hey, don't worry about it. I would rather be in your position, you know, worrying about, oh, are we going to be good this year? I don't think so. Are we so. not going to be good? I don't think I, we would. Listen, we were perfect last year. I don't. Yeah, you were. You went winless? We went winless last year. But the thing is, is you don't want expectations. Expectations can run, can kill you. Yeah, look, I mean, Notre Dame you, fan. You go into something and, and all you can do is go up. You can't be disappointed, you know? Like, I'm at the point now to where I haven't bought into these articles, but if we lose one of those first five games, I'm probably going to cry. Um, <laughs> get your A-word on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, get your I'm A-word probably going to be, yeah, depressed for nine straight days, you know, or something. I mean, like, it literally has got a grip on life what's crazy is tennessee keeps like pushing out like you know nfl players yeah, yeah. and they've been you know pushing out like good nfl mm-hmm. players Jaylen whether it's going to be an nfl running and back. so it's going to be a monster but they never seem to like be in the conversation for the last decade it's been rough yeah yeah i don't i don't understand though yeah, i has. think they are going to be really good i mean I don't know who Florida's quarterback is, so we'll have to see what happens right. with him. But, I mean, that's their main competition. The rest of the East is weak. Yep. Rebuilding or just they are stuck in perpetual suckitude. Um, was, was, really, you got – Was Peyton Manning at the last national championship? Pete Martin. Actually, Peyton Manning never championship. won a championship. He didn't win Tennessee. it? Tennessee. No. So, quick side story. Peyton Manning lost to Nebraska the year before the BCS started, and a win could have possibly put us in contention for the um, – national championship the way that they did it that year. Um, And so, which sparked my first hatred for the state of Nebraska. Mm. So, as I was writing for um, St. Mike, I really felt like that second round was a lot of payback. (laughs) (laughs) Because T. Martin lost to Nebraska after the year after we won the national championship, too. So, we lost twice in three years to them in bowl games. And so, I've never been a fan of Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. They was back in – they were still in the Big 12 at that point. Yeah, that was a 98, 99. That's a Big 12. 97, just, 99. Big 12 just formed. Yep. Um, I think 98 was the first championship game, and that's when James Brown in Texas shot Nebraska in the Big yeah. 12 title. So I know it's about no. an SEC. James Brown? 96. 96 was the first uh, was Big Brown 12. in Colorado? Who's no, no, James no, no, Brown? no, no. First Big 12 title game is Nebraska versus Texas. Mm. Uh, Texas shocked them because Texas was like, they had they had a subpar record, but they won their side, like won okay. their division. Yeah, right. Uh, went for it on fourth down, play action pass. I think to either fullback or tight end gains like thirty yards and ices the game. Oh wow! Uh, but James Brown, number five, if I remember correctly, <laughs> was the quarterback. Hold on, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to Google this right <laughs> quick. Speaking of Big Twelve, real quick, I just I got the ESPN alert or whatever that you know they're trying to expand. Yeah. And well, they're talking to. about B- BYU and what Houston and BYU. There's a 14 team Big tw- Big Ten. Well, they're right. going to have to do something too. No, yeah. they're not. No. But, okay, but continue, continue. But yeah, so so they're talking about to make them the Big Twelve again, adding BYU and Houston. Yeah, I saw that too. Ugh. And I think okay, BYU. Okay, that that could make sense for for football. Mm, maybe they, but if they played. Like in the Big Twelve for basketball, I wouldn't see that. BYU has a has had decent squads, but mm-hmm. not Big Twelve caliber squads. I wouldn't. Think. Yeah, I mean, I think that in 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 choosing who you add to your conference, I mean, you have to be mindful of what it's going to do as far as all sports are related. Um, but I mean, look look what happened with Missouri. I mean, Missouri, we didn't anticipate them to be even anything in football. You know, we right. felt like they would be bottom of the barrel, and then they came in, and it was like, oh dang. 
they got pretty good, you know. And this is when they're coming off of a two seed in basketball and kind of up and up and up in basketball. Um, yeah, now they're trash in basketball. But with the Big Ten, you have 14 teams. You can still call them the Big Ten because you can just assume that four of them are not very good. <laughs> so in the Big Twelve, if you only have ten teams, you kind of you kind of have to. I mean, because because I mean TCU is only good for football. Their basketball program. Oh, I'm the Big Ten. They I just beat KU it two as like a ten team tournament for the conference championship and leave four out, and then you could call it the Big Ten. So I was right. 1996, uh, Nebraska was ranked number three in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy James was a Brown, James Brown shocks and Texas shocks them. It was fourth. Fourth and one, uh, two minutes ago, fourth quarter. I'm looking at the highlight now. James Brown rolls left. He throws a little pass to a tight end who I think ended up getting drafted. I have it, it muted, so I can't – and it's not in HD, so I can't see the name on the back of his jersey. And, and that tight end was uh, – I don't know. He ended up playing in the league for, for like a, a quick second, maybe. But anyway, hmm. but Aaron, moving on. Aaron Hernandez? What? No. No. That was a killer joke, <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> All right, but yeah, but uh, bars, so, yes sir. Moving on, so we as no, we t- college football man, yep, it's on its way here. Forty-four days until Tennessee opens up first game of the year on Thursday night, so everybody in America can watch us first. And, um, uh, so fun. Michigan Notre Dame this year, right? Oh, They're coming man. back. Uh, not this year, no, 2018. No, yeah. I already hollered at Jesse like, "Yo, when they have the game at the big house, like we need to be there." So yeah, we have to start stacking our bread because that ticket's going to be Pricey. outrageous. Yeah, it's going to uh, be crazy. when Michigan played Notre Dame. We went in 2012. We paid what almost 300. I don't. It might have been 300. It might have been 300 <laughs> a piece. Yeah. Um, it was 300 because I remember telling my wife. I looked at StubHub the, the day of kickoff. It was nine hundred bucks for this. It was the cheapest ticket. How come you didn't tell me that? I would have let you guys go. <laughs> Just got rid of my ticket. Jeez, that's yeah, crazy. So, so nine hundred oh, bucks. Yeah. So, so we're looking to go back that. They're that was back. awesome time. So though. what? Are, so what are the the games to look forward to this year then? I mean, it's. I mean, that first weekend. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of yeah. games. Nebra- I mean, I'm not going now. I'm sh- I'm sad about that. But uh, Nebra- uh, Nebraska, Notre Dame, and Texas play Sunday night. Um, Alabama, I think, and USC play. Yeah. Um, obviously, Tennessee's on the docket. Like, that first weekend is jam-packed with a ton of games. And part of the reason why Notre Dame and Texas moved to Sunday night is because the schedule was just too packed with, with yeah. games with marquee names that you want to see. So I don't have the schedule in front of yeah. me. But um, uh, it's uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy weekend to kick off. Uh, really the start of, of real football that actually means something. To yeah, I'm just – Bristol tickets this week. Oh, man. I'm just looking forward to football um, on any level. Like, uh, matter of fact, if I can catch some, you know, Let's Canadian football, Royals. I'll do that as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm full with the Royals, yeah, but they, yeah. they messing up right now. Everybody yeah. injured. Uh, pitching is suspect. Yeah. So let's preseason Soria football. Is getting bread for no reason. Ooh, man, he stinks now. Yo, even Ian Kennedy got lit up last yeah. last game. He got yeah. rocked last game. Well, cool, man. Cool. Ooh, Ole Miss, Florida State. Yeah, that'll be a good one too. So Florida State, they they're doing renovations at their stadium, and they won't be ready in time for that game. So they're playing in Orlando. Wow. Yeah, which is Gator country, so yes, it might be a home court disadvantage right. <laughs> for Florida State. But yeah, but uh, football is crazy. So as we talked about last time on the show, uh, we, we 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 want to become your one stop place for all things WNBA. So this is our three good minutes of WNBA coverage. Um, so a couple of things over the weekend. There was a crazy, crazy game in Seattle. Uh, the Seattle Storm against the Chicago Sky. Your girl, Brianna Stewart, goes off for 35 points. Um, 
Seattle's down 25 points. They come back, but then Elena Deladon hits a jumper at the buzzer, or not the buzzer, at the end of the game to win. So crazy, crazy comeback there. Um, L.A. Sparks are on a historic pace. They set the record for the most wins to start the season with the uh, Houston Comets, which when I say Houston Comets, I'm talking about Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson, and Cheryl Swoops, the Raise the Roof Houston Comets. Um, they since lost since then, but they are still on – still not right – I think they lost their second game, so they're still on a crazy pace to set the wins record for the WNBA, um, in part because Candace Parker – is on her Damian Lillard. You know, Damian Lillard got snubbed for the All-Star game, and he came out after the break and just started lighting people up. Well, Candace Parker got left off the Olympic team, which inexplicably I don't understand why, and she has been lighting the league on, lighting the league up along with some other counterparts who are killing the game right now. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty dope. Uh, I'm going to – I'm done with school as of tomorrow. Tomorrow's my last day of summer school, so I'm gonna, I didn't get a chance to watch no NBA Summer League. Like, I've been missing everything. Like, Pokemon Go became a thing over the week, over one weekend. Yeah, I didn't know what catch, happened. Got to catch them all. <laughs> yes. Man, so, you know, so I'm going to be – got to wrap this up because I'm supposed to be downtown catching Pikachus right now. So. <laughs> um, ben Simmons got hurt a little bit. Really? Um, yeah, the first game, he tweaked something. I don't think yeah. he, I he was cool, serious. though. Yeah, yeah. They, they ended up pulling him after that, team, right? Uh, first yeah. team summer league, though. So, he had a good summer league. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, oh. uh, what, the Ulet? That kid's balling. He's going to be a baller. Yeah. Woo! He's like five five. He's like the smallest dude out there. He looks like yeah. he's balling. So I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. We we were we missed a couple weeks, so we missed all like the crazy trades and stuff yep, yep, like yeah. that. All that happened, and then the summer league um, trade. The rumor mill is still spinning on uh, Russell Westbrook. Yep. What he, do you think? I think he's in. He's staying in Oklahoma City. I don't think that there's really much. I don't know. Uh, I. I don't know. I don't know. So, speaking of that, I'm going to spin it back to WNBA for just a second. Right. So, the Sparks, not the Sparks, the Sparks and the Lynx mm -hmm. are killing the game. Right, right. They, Similar. Twenty. Uh, the Sparks are 20 and 3, 20 wins, 3 losses, and the Lynx, Minnesota, I don't, I don't even know why. Yeah. That's anyway, anyway, but there you have twenty wins and four losses, and they both have already clinched playoff berths. Right. So they are. They remind me of Golden State and San Antonio. How their records? They're both in the same conference. They're they're far and away the best two teams in the conference. Have star players across the board. Um, so I mean that is really crazy. But to answer your question about Russell Westbrook, I would, that was a point that I wanted to make that I forgot. I didn't have it on my itinerary. I forgot it. But anyway, but to answer your question about Russell, I don't think he gets traded. Um, I think they're. I think Oklahoma City is going to roll the dice and see if he stays, um, because they have a really dope team. Obviously, it's not as dope without Durant, which stinks. Uh, but you know, I think Russell is going to be on a rage tour uh, to destroy the league. Now, whether that is that is going to be good and bad, <laughs> I, I predict now that if Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, yes, if Russell Wilson uh, is with uh, Oklahoma City, him and Sierra coming. But anyway, if Russell Westbrook stays with OKC, he's getting MVP next year. And he may get the scoring title. Scoring title, I think, I don't know about MVP. Maybe. I think that, I if think they, that, well, I say this. If they finish in the top three and record-wise, I think you're right. I, I just don't see I, – I think that he's the type of guy who will feed off of that energy and still come down the lane and dunk your life away. Like just 
Yeah, he's going to try to go for 80. He's going to try to probably break Kobe's, uh, well, it's not Kobe's, at least the modern-day record right, 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 for right, most right. points in the game when they play the Warriors, especially that first time Oklahoma City, which I hope the NBA schedule makers would make uh, OKC and Golden State, like, the at least within the first, if it's not opening night, the first week of the season, I need I to th- see that match. I think that's like a Christmas Day game. Ooh. I think they'll do in that for Oklahoma Christ- City? I think that's a Christmas Day game. Yeah. Now, I, I'm curious to see, like, because you guys are more NBA, especially you, like, you're a bigger NBA guy than me. With all of these teams, like, and all these trades, is, is this making your NBA season more enjoyable, or are you just like, ah, this is too much? Absolutely. Um, it's going to make it more enjoyable because everybody's going to want to watch uh, Golden State. You have two top five players on one team again, like similar to Miami. Well, I don't think Wade was top five when LeBron got to Miami. I don't think. I, he No, not at that point. But you have, again, you have the two greatest shooters of all time. You have a top three player on the team, and you have one of the most versatile players, two of the most versatile players in Iggy and Draymond playing. And and it's going to be fun to watch because somebody's game has to suffer. And I know I've um, Marcus Thompson, who's a Bay Area sports writer who follows the Warriors, he thought it was going to be Steph mm-hmm. who was going to want to do that because Steph, he said he wanted Steph to show to be more of a point guard. I don't think Steph is doing all that, all that practice stuff he does before the game just so he can give the ball up and not shoot. Right. He's not practicing all those crazy off-balance three-pointers from half court and all that stuff just so he can give it to Durant. So to see what happens when games get tight, uh, I know people say, well, they pass the ball, but if you go and look at them down the stretch of games, they – they were passing the ball, but they were only looking to get it to two guys. It right, was either right. Clay or Steph. And so we'll, it'll be interesting to see who whose game suffers and who gets to shoot the ball in crunch time. And I think it I think it also will be uh I think it's one I think it's crazy because they have that team has four of the top fifteen players in the league right now. Well I wouldn't say Iggy. I well I guess well, because, well, I guess no, you're right. Because, I forgot about Draymond, yeah. So I you got you say, between Draymond, Clay, uh, Steph and Durant, those are at least in the top 15. I, I can't think of 15 players better than at least, I mean, and, and you're probably going to put Draymond at the bottom of that. Yeah. Are those 15 players better than Draymond? So, you, uh, 20, top 20 at the least, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's a monster team. And then you have your, the su- supporting supporting guys. So, if, so all, all that to say, if they lose more than two games, this is failure. <laughs> Hilarious. So I do. So as you guys listen to this, I want your feedback on something because I'm not sure if I agree that Clay is top 15 or Draymond. So hit us back. Hit us up. How? How? Who would? Who would go about? I don't. This? I don't know. I don't have time. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna have to sit down and make a list. So there's two questions. I want. You, I want you guys to listen and answer. One. Who is, is Draymond? And Clay top fifteen because those are the two guys that are debatable. Obviously, Steph and Kevin are not. And two, this is a question, a side question that the guys and I we didn't really get a chance to argue it because I was too busy at the time at work. But if you had a chance, which two guard would you take, Clay or Jimmy Butler? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't mm. know. I I now I said Clay. I, think, mm, okay. I said Clay because they're both good defenders, but. Clay's ability to shoot the three opens his game up a lot more, whereas Jimmy is more of a mid-range guy. And I think slasher. Jimmy, he's more aggressive than Clay. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that's because their games are so different. Clay, 
Golden State's offense works to free up Clay to get shots. And then sometimes when he has a mismatch on a smaller guard, he'll post him up. Um, and his threat to shoot, he has become a better scorer off the dribble. I think points-wise, I, I think pro productivity, you got to give it to Clay. But I think as far as the impact it could have for the players surrounding, I could say Jimmy. I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I think it's close, but I think I lean towards Clay. So, again, hit us up. Um, hit me up, uh, twitter.com slash A1LP, facebook.com slash A1LP. Clay, or in the comments on SoundCloud, you can do that as well. Clay or Jimmy. And then are Draymond and Clay top 15 players? I think they might be right outside that top 15. But, again, I don't – not thinking off the top of my head, and I'm not going to compile a list, like, right now in front of the show in front of everybody. But I – even if you even if you give them top twenty, that's still ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think you might be able to find places in the top twenty for them. Uh, even if even if you do that, I'm just saying this team is 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 so stacked. It's gonna be interesting to see how this translates because even when LeBron, Bosh, and Wade were together, it took time for them yeah. to 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 gel and mesh. And people thought they should have been you know better than what they are even the Cleveland's current team. Although Kevin Love disappeared in a way that is un, unimaginable, uh, especially in the playoffs, um, he can rebound, but what else happened? But even that team, you would think it would be, you know, it maybe did a little better than what they did. So you never know. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks for subbing in there for me. I was getting attacked by Christians on Facebook, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, pretty, that's always nice. Pretty in depth. It was actually it was actually a pretty good attack. So I was feeling the need to respond. So oh. can't wait to go read that. Life of a yeah. battle rapper. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I, mean, I am anxious to go read yeah, that. We can read it on air if you want. No. To. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yo. But so you know, that was our WNBA slash NBA. That was longer than three minutes. But you know that was our coverage for the day. Uh, cool, the women man. are going to take a break because the Olympics are getting ready to kick off, which are a disaster. I think maybe next week we'll cover just how big of a disaster the Olympics have been okay. um in terms of yeah. viruses and disease Robbery that can't be treated with and, drugs and yeah. uh, a play an area called Coke Land um and no it's not Coca-Cola Land, it is Coke Land. Um, yeah, I've been there one time. It's it's kind of dusty, <laughs> full of powder. Um, so is anybody does anybody watch the Olympics for anything other than track and field? Yeah. Um, I mean, if well, you know, true Americans uh, <laughs> will watch our girls in gymnastics. Um, they yeah. Will okay. Watch, yeah, I do. Do I, I will check them out. Uh, you will watch the track and field. You watch the basketball. Um, what else is there that I normally watch? Um, the beach volleyball. I watch that from time to time. I mean, it's almost whatever. It depends on what's on. I watch just about anything. So. Yeah, it, there's there's some stuff to just be on. Like, why is this Olympic sport? I don't even know what is happening right now. But you know, more power to you. Go get your gold medal. You're doing something I can't do. So you know, I'm not gonna hate on you. Go ahead, get your Zika on. That's all I'm gonna say. Get your Zika on. By the way, I said this on – oh, I forgot to plug. I actually do a radio show, 95.3 FM, every Wednesday and Saturday, 6.45 to 7 p.m., called The Sports Disciples. I said this on the show um, that Draymond Green is got to be – if like if you're a gambling man, uh, what American athlete is going to come back, and this is copyrighted for by Bob Bonnie Jones, that Zika. If any athlete is going to come back with that Zika 
American athlete, my money is on Draymond Green. Um, <laughs> and, and he comes back looking like Welvin. Why? <laughs> because, Why? Why because, Draymond? Because Draymond, you know, Draymond is, I don't want to call him an American success story, but he was not highly regarded coming out of college. He has worked his butt off to get in his position to be one of the top, you know, maybe 20 players in the league. Um, and he's enjoying that opportunity. When they won the title, uh, not last year, but two years ago, he showed up at the parade drunk, sounding like your drunk uncle. Right. Um, his outfit, go Google his outfit at the All-Star game. Again, looking like your uncle, uh-huh. like he might have had uh, on his Lou Holtz, might have had that Crown Royal bag with him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yep. And so he enjoys life. Like, he enjoys life. And Draymond is going to enjoy himself in I, in 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 Brazil. I believe that. Uh, speaking of Draymond, do you buy into the fact that he's starting to get out of hand and becoming the next Dennis Rodman? Nah, nah, not 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 at all. He's not. He doesn't get his behavior in the finals was and against the in the in the Western Conference Finals was not cool. Um, uh-huh. You know, as you know, a person who's a man who you know does not like to get hit in his jewels. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't cool. But now I don't think he's getting out of hand. I mean, the dude just wants to win. The whole thing with LeBron, like LeBron deserved line. Look, yeah, I, I get he deserved that. that. But they, they, I'm talking about compelling that versus his off the field thing. Oh, well, no, nah. I mean that the whole drunk thing, you know. Yeah. Again, that's why I say he's gonna have a good time. Yeah, because um, I mean, and, he was just he was just praying for him, just put some hands yeah, on yeah. him. And you know, in Olympic, true Olympics fashion, they pr- they want you to practice safe sex and latex. Shout out to Ray Schremer. Um, That's and funny. so they want to, um, they want you to practice safe sex. So they have like a bajillion condoms that they hand out in the Olympic village to the athletes because they understand that, you know, you out here and you going to be out here. Right. So, right. Um, and notice I said out here and out here. Those are two different connotations, if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, so I mean, Draymond's going to have a good time, but I don't think he's going to be a problem while he's in Brazil. He'll, he won't be getting held up in customs or I don't expect him to visit Coke land. He's not Johnny Manziel. Anything like that, he's going to have a good time, and he's going to come back home. But he might come back home with that Zika. So uh, moving on because we're getting late. We've got a couple other things we want to hit up. Um, real quick, local talk for the town. The Chiefs, Eric Berry has not – well, the franchise tag was applied to Eric Berry. He has not signed his franchise tag. But what I found interesting about this whole situation is that the Chiefs allegedly – this is a report from NFL.com – asked Berry to – to pay for a disability policy and name the Chiefs as the beneficiary. Hold on, wait, what? Yeah, I'm going to repeat that one more time. He, the Chiefs, asked Barry to pay for a disability policy and name the Chiefs as the beneficiary on some, you know, well, you know, we're, you know, you know, you and your wife, you're in love, and she's like, honey, I got this new insurance policy. If you die, you know, or if you're horribly disfigured or dismembered, we get like a million dollars. You want to sign that? Right. While she's cranking up the chainsaw in the background. Right, right, um, right. As the pen hits the page. So the Chiefs said, hey, if you die or something happens to you, we want you to make us the beneficiaries. Right, which is of that. which essentially is protection for them because, you know, obviously he had his battle with cancer. Right. Um, and so, you know, they're while it's in remission, he came back. It was a miraculous recovery. Right. There is an opportunity. There's a chances that these things come back, right? Um, and sometimes they come back even stronger than they were the first time. And so um, I, I thought 
that teams have insurance for those type of things or teams could apply on their own to insure themselves against that type of thing. But maybe be, it could be an insurance thing where the insurance company says, well, we know this guy has cancer, right? So, like, if you don't have insurance, you develop cancer, insurance companies, I believe, don't want to insure you because right. you're a risk already. Pre, right. pre-existing, pre-existing condition. Pre-existing condition. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, maybe that's why they wanted him to do it versus them. But, you know, I thought that was pretty crazy, especially when you got a guy who's a pillar of your community, one of your leaders. Yeah. And 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 the NFL is making money hand over fist, so I think that they – I mean, I know they should be able to fit the bill if – Something happened, you know, to him. You know, I don't know. That just don't that just don't sit right with me. That that would leave a bad taste in my mouth for you to even have the audacity to even come to me on something like that. But you know, in maybe in the midst of being in a profession to where this concussion, everything is kind of like if you flip it, like with concussions and stuff, how they don't want to be financially liable. Right, right, right. Like, like you, you don't even want to take care of my medical bills once I get up out of here and yeah. I can barely walk. But you want me to make name you Shout the beneficiary? Like what the heck? Wow, Mark Bolrichter. That's a name I ain't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah. So, but yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, but you know, like it's crazy. Like that's a crazy, crazy deal. So you know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll um we'll follow that story as it as it goes along. Like again, I don't know, um, I don't know. He hasn't Eric Berry hasn't signed his tender yet, right? So he's still he hasn't reported to camp or camp starts next week. So we'll see if he was, so shows up to camp and signs a tender. So we'll see what happens there, um, and we'll continue to follow the story. But that is our news from the town. Um, if you have any questions or comments about any of that stuff, hit us up again. Facebook.com/slash/a1lp um and we want to hit one last topic before we get out of here um real quick i just want to talk about some of the i think it would be uh i don't want to say i know people say remissed that's not the word it's remiss (laughs) um but you know i think it would be important taste on my part if i didn't speak a little bit on some of the issues that's good that's good wording (laughs) that have happened across the country um in terms of police and uh incredible tragedies that have happened in both ways both with obviously in baton rouge and minneapolis and then with police being killed in minneapolis and in dallas, dallas. and even here in, in our own KC. town um, with that one that one was a little different but yeah but yeah but i mean it's still it's still a loss of life right. loss of life and so um you know i want to say this to start i am i identify as a christian as a black man and then as a father a son a husband in that not necessarily in that order from the terms of the father son husband it's husband father son so on and so forth um and i've never been arrested i've never all my interactions with police have been pleasant even when i've been in the wrong so i've had my only issues with police have been moving violations um but in each instance i was treated fairly i wasn't harassing thing never been profiled never been racially profiled things of that nature so i want to make that clear as i go into this um and so once again i want to also say it one more time because i don't want this to be missed i offer my condolences to the families of everyone who's lost lives whether at the hands of police or whether or the, to the policemen who have lost their lives being targeted in ambush or just in the line of duty over the last few weeks 
Um, but I want to talk to specifically to white people, um, specifically to white people who, when these things happen, seem to have a negative response to them, and to the black people who seem to be lost souls. Real quick, right? So, first of all, I want to say how many more how many more videos do we have to watch before we get an understanding of uh, that these that this just isn't coincidental, right? This just isn't something that is uh, just a, a weird occurrence that's happening. Like there are issues within policing and how policing gets done that has to change. Um, and I'm gonna make a point about that later on in this topic. But there are things about policing that has to change and how they interact with people in general, but specifically with people of color. Uh, with with minorities, um, I understand that there are stereotypes that people have about us, and some of that's perpetuated by media. We do a good job of perpetuating some of that, but that is irrelevant. When you, I have friends that I know who are cops. I understand how incredibly hard that job is, and I personally do not have the courage to put my life on the line every day like that. I don't like I, I admit that wholeheartedly. Um, so this isn't me trying to tell them how to do their job. I'm saying that there has to be a better way. And I'm not saying that I have the answers, but I do know that I've watched enough of these videos, both ones that have gone national and regional, that something has to change. Um, to white people and some black people say, when you, I, I, I say, when they say that I understand that this is a tragedy, but it shows insensitivity. Um, it should be, this is a tragedy, period. Loss of life is a tragedy, period. Whether it is, especially in these instances where it seems like maybe it could have been handled better. Um, it shows an insensitivity to the person who lost their life and to the family who now has to deal with that loss. If you could watch that video of Alton Sterling's wife try to give her speech and her son break down on camera saying, I want my daddy. I have a three-year-old son who loves me, who when I'm not around is looking for me to come through the door. And I can't imagine a world in which I no longer do that because of questionable circumstances with law enforcement. Um, like that broke my heart to see him, just being a parent, to see that young man cry. And if you can watch that video and go, it's a tragedy, but he shouldn't have resisted. It's a tragedy, but he shouldn't have reached for his ID in the case of uh, Philando Castile. Like, if you can watch these videos and try to come up with justifications why that happened, shame on you. Like, this is a tragedy, period. All right? Um, which leads, that leads me to my next point, character attacks. <laughs> When you attack a person's character when in the 24 hours between once we find out this, these situations happen and you jump on social media to, to say, well, Alton Sterling was a criminal. Um, he, he was a child molester, which we don't know all the circumstances around that. And trust me, I'm taking a class on psychology of sexual, uh, psychology of sex, and my last unit was on child molestation, pedophiles, sexual coercion in general. And it is a hard thing to read about and watch videos about, which I had to do. But when you can look at someone's rap sheet and almost determine be because of their rap sheet that they, deter that they were 
deserve death? Like, that's insensitive, one. And two, you're ascribing a certain a sense of infallibility to cops and that in every action, in every incident, that they are correct. So let me give you another example. Just today, it's being reported of a man, I think it was in Miami, Florida, who was a mental health worker who was working with a young man um, who has autism. He had gotten out, he'd escaped, and the police had confronted him. The mental health worker is laying down on the ground with the young man. He has his hands up in the air, and he says, hey, look, I'm with this kid. He's autistic. He has a toy gun in his hand. The man's hands are in the air, and he's telling them, we are not a threat to you. They have their weapons drawn. They fire three times. And you know what they said as their reasoning for fire their gun? He was trying to hit the autistic kid, and he missed. Three times. He could have killed either one of them, and they were not a threat. And yet, I'm pretty sure somewhere on the internet, someone is saying, well, he should have done this. Like, you're ascribing a sense of infallibility to cops that they cannot do wrong. And that entitlement you're giving them empowers them to continue to act in the manner that they do, which is questionable behavior, and there is no accountability. Things we will begin to change when we hold them accountable. I'm not anti-police. I love police. They protect us. They serve us. Again, they do things that I do not have the courage to do, but something has to change, right? And when you care to attack these people in the way that you do, you are taking away a sense of worth and dignity from the person that was killed. I want you to remember that because I'm going to come back to that point in just a second. But I'm going to say it one more time. When you attack their character, you take away a sense of worth and dignity from that person who was killed in a questionable manner. Now, I'm not talking about someone like the guy in Dallas who targeted police, who attacked police. No, that's a threat that had to be taken down. I'm talking about people where a Walter Scott who's running away. I'm talking about a Philando Castile. I'm talking about an Alton Sterling and all these other instances that we may or may not heard of where these people die in questionable circumstances regardless of if they had a record or not, right? So with the Alton Sterling thing, and there was also a video of a kid named Patrick Mumford, right? If, if I show up, so I'll ask you, Trent, if I show up at your house as a policeman and I say, hey, what's your name? And you say, you reply, you're Trent, and I begin to arrest you, and I tell you to put your hands behind your back, and I've not, you only know me as a cop. Right. That's all you know me as. Are you right. going to go willingly? I, there will be some question. Okay, so the natural response would be, there has to be some questions that that need to be asked. There needs to be some documentation that's shown or some reasoning behind what's happening. However, I this is this is what I'm I struggle with, like especially having two sons. I, I realize that I have the the responsibility and burden to raise two black men in, in America. You know what I'm saying? So do, it's like, now do I have to teach my kids not only re, be respectful to your elders, blah, 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 but for the preservation of your life, just, just submit yourself to whatever nonsense that may come from authority, and then we have to deal with it later. Or to actually be treated as a, a person and a human who, who's supposed to have rights, but your life may end because of it. And that could, therefore, 
even further go into the demasculation of a man who may may be already in a culture. That's a whole other thing. They always tries to demasculate, you know, emasculate emasculate you. Um, But but now I have to be emasculated again because I'm afraid of you know those consequences. So before you would say. Uh, you know, let's ask some questions. But now it's like, I'm afraid that even if in asking questions, that could turn into something. Right, right. And so in in the case of Patrick Mumford, Patrick Mumford was a young man who was sitting outside his house. Police showed up. They asked him who he was. He told them who he was. They were looking for another gentleman. He offered his ID. They refused to take it. Then they tried to arrest him. Um, he said, look, you can call my parole officer. I just left from there. You can talk to them. I'm not, I should not have any warrants for my arrest. Um, he was tased. Um, he was arrested. He was actually charged with resisting arrest and I think disorderly conduct. And he had done nothing wrong. So again, I ask you, listener, if I show, if a cop shows up at your house, knocks on your door, asks who you are, and then proceeds to arrest you with no further identification of what you're being arrested for, no further reason for why they're slapping cuffs on you and taking you into the police station, what are you going to do? Because, look, I always tell people I'm allergic to jail. I don't want to go to kitty jail. I don't want to spend any time inside of jail, period. Right, right, ever. right. You know, and so to, to have someone come and just basically throw some cuffs on you and say, come with me, when you don't know why you're coming with them, uh, yeah, I'm going to have something to say. But, you know, I digress. A few more points and I'm done. What about black on black crime is insensitive. Please stop with that. It is insensitive to the people who work in those communities, who are doing everything they can to stop killing in those communities. There are people in Chicago who are doing work to try to end black on black crime in their communities. There are people here in Kansas City who do beautiful work on trying to empower black men and women and to keep them from committing crime within their communities. That's stupid. I I think it's always just... I'm. I just think it's dumb when somebody when you're talking about one issue and people always want to say, well, what what about this? Well, yeah, I, I see that over there and that's an issue as well. But that's not what we're talking about. Right. Like we're talking about this right here. And you can't. And these are two different sit, uh, situations, two different topics. Both can be addressed. But they're not one and the same. Like, and you don't dismiss one because of the other. Like, it, yep. it just doesn't make any sense. Yep, yep. And it shows insensitivity to black people in general because if black on black crime mattered to you, you would be doing something about it. If it's such a big deal, you would be doing something about it. And the reason why these issues with police matter is because, and I, it's, it's crazy that we're still having to say this in, in 2016. It's because they are supposed to be people who are to serve and protect. So let me give you an analogy. It's the same. We are appalled anytime we hear a story about a priest or a clergyman molesting a child. Why are we, why are we appalled by that? For obvious reasons. One, it's a child. But it's also the, the appalling nature of it is it's because it's a, it's a man of faith. And when you think of a church at, its, at the base level, at the base level, when you think of a church or a priest, you think of a safe place and a person that you come to for guidance and for uh, uh, conf- or you, you come to in confidence to talk to, right? Like, at its base level. 
And that's why we find that so appalling. Well, the same thing applies to the police. You look to the police to serve and protect as a person you can run to when you need help. And if the person you're running to need, need that you're needing help from is a threat to then kill you, that is a problem. If the people in the black community who were killing were supposed to be there to serve and protect, then we would be making as the same deal of it as if it were police, right? And so my last point is, again, I don't have all the answers, but I do know that police have to be more open to dialogue. Whenever these things happen, there's going to be somebody within the FOP who's going to have a, an asinine response. So for example, I got a couple examples for you. Minnesota Lynx, they wore some shirts that said Black Lives Matter, they had Philando Castile's name on it, Alton Sterling's name on it, they also had the Dallas police officials name, or the Dallas uh, Police Department shield on their shirt. They made a statement after the game that was respectful to all parties involved, to the shooting victims in, in uh, Baton Rouge and in, in uh, Minneapolis area and to the Dallas Police Department. The, pe the cops who were assigned to work the game, who had a contractual duty to work the game, walked off the, walked off the job. Their boss backed them up. And he basically, he used some disparaging remarks about the attendance of the Minnesota Lynx game, saying that they're, they're poorly attended events and it's bad play basketball. Isaiah Correll posted an Instagram picture, stupidly, of someone stabbing a cop. It was a dumb picture. He, was ridiculous. He apologized. The head of the Fraternal Order of Police in Cleveland basically said that this is, or I think it was the police chief, said this is ridiculous. He needs to go to Dallas. He needs to pay money uh, to help them. Now, look, I'm not here to tell Isaiah Correll what he should or should not do, but paying, giving money, I don't know if that was necessary. But he did it anyway, which is good for him. But if he had not done that, the police department in Cleveland said that they were not going to do their jobs, which was, which was work at Cleveland football games, if he did not do those things. Um, here in Kansas City, there was a kid who was tased for 23 seconds and died. If you look up the name Bryce Masters and The Intercept, there's an article where he was, he was harassed by police, he was tased, he died, uh, and had to be brought back to life, and it changed his life forever. There has to be a change. The police have to be open to dialogue on how do we better interact with the community, right? And so my final point, and I'm going to close. Now, I mentioned earlier that if you believe that, that, the, victim, that the victims of these tragedies have worth and dignity, that you would, your response would be different, right? So I want you, in the case of Michael Brown, in the case of Tamir Rice, um, in the case of Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, take race out of the picture. And there are some of my black friends who are going to say, no, nah, we can't take race out of it. But take race out of the picture. Because I saw a guy who posted um, on video of uh, Patrick Mumford, what does race have to do with anything? And I responded to him, that's the same question black people have been asking since slavery ended. What does race have to do with anything? What does the color of my skin have to do with anything? So take race out of the picture, right? And just this is just an incident between two people, a cop and a person. If you believe that any person that is shot by the police have a sense of dignity, worth, and value, 
the nature, the questionable nature in which these people die should concern you. It should concern you when you see Alton Sterling shot and killed. Regardless of his record, regardless of the color of his skin, when you see Philando Castile slumped over in a car, and a, in a car with a child nonetheless, that should concern you in the questionable way that he died. Freddie Gray in Baltimore, it should concern you with the questionable way that he died. The young man who, the mental health worker today who was shot, who could have been killed, that should concern you. It should concern you enough to go to police and say, hey, maybe there's a better way. Let's talk about some and put in place some plans of action to change things. Because white people, and for some of you bougie black people, I'm going to be honest, these things won't change until you speak up. Um, and so my final point is when you bring up these things, when you try to shift the conversation from questionable policing to other topics, black-on-black -black crime, abortion in the black community, fatherlessness in the black, black community, I can only assume at this point that you don't care about black people and that you deem their skin to be less valuable than yours. What other point, what other point, what other uh, reasoning do, have you left me with? Um, so I was, I used to be Mr. Respectability Politics. I used to be I Don't See Color. I used to be Mr. Race Neutral until, um, gosh, until the Zimmerman trial. And when I saw what happened racially in this country, it, my innocence was forever shattered in ways that I won't get into on this show right now. But I've watched time after time. I want, you, I want to hip you to something. In the 60s, when Martin Luther King was fighting for equal rights, people were asking him, what about black-on-black -black crime? In the 60s, when black people were being sprayed by water hoses and attacked by dogs on national television, fighting for dignity and equal rights, and people are saying, well, what about black-on-black -black crime? It's 2016. People are using the same excuse. So at this point, if that's what you want to talk about when the people who are here to pol police to protect and serve questionably use their force, you leave me no choice but to assume you, you don't care about black people and that you don't deem our skin as valuable as yours. Or if you're a black person, that you hate black people. Uh, kind of like the dude on um, Boys in the Hood. I hate, I'm not going to say the word because this is a family-friendly show, but you know what I'm talking about. You know? So, again, man, dialogue is great, but at some point we got to move past dialogue into let's take some action. And white people, you cannot wait until this hits your hood for you to want to take action. So an example I give is, for years, black people have been telling, telling the police, telling the government that your, your drug laws are too harsh. I read an article from the New York Times that says, as heroin hits middle-class white families, they seek a softer solution to the drug war. In the response to this, we've seen people propose that um, there should be heroin. So if you ever watched The Wire, The Wire had what was called Hamsterdam, where you could come and sell and use drugs in a safe place. Well, this is being proposed to happen in America because it's now hitting the white community. Don't wait until it hits your town for you to be concerned with. No one's asking you to put Black Lives Matter on your social profile. No one's asking you to march. <laughs> but show some empathy. Show some concern. Treat people with the dignity and human worth and value that they, well, we are all born with, regardless of our socioeconomic status. 
if you have anything you want to respond to that on, I'm more willing to open dialogue. But I'm going to tell you, you start talking to me about black and black crime, man, I'm just going to assume you don't care. You start talking to me about abortion, about fatherlessness, I'm going to assume you don't care. Because enough data has been put out here that show that that trend is being reversed within this generation. And for you to continue to bring it up, what do you want me to think? So I'd like to thank you for listening. If you have any questions, you want to talk, chop it up about it, you want to respond to anything I just said, again, it's twitter.com slash A1LP, facebook.com slash A1LP. Hit me up. I'm willing to dialogue about it. I'm willing to have conversations. Uh, I'm a civil guy. So, you know, I'm not going to beat you over the head if you say something I don't agree with. Hit me up. I appreciate y'all for listening. Uh, once again, shout out to Trent and the MMP Studios for hosting us. We appreciate you, brother. And on behalf of myself, A-Ward, this, this is another episode of It's a Black and White Thing, man. I holla at y'all.